0: Um, Usually at this time, for those of you who are thinking, we don't normally see you, you don't run this church, (laughs) because you don't do a lot in the evenings, normally I am busy over, I feel as though I'm booming a bit, uh, just, thank you, thanks. Um, Normally at this time, I am over in the house fighting children into bed, and tonight Chris has got that joy and pleasure, and I get to meet with you, so I think I'm the winner. (laughs) So we're going to start um, We're going to start with a video clip. Nice bit of Disney to start us off with. Alice in Wonderland. I did look at the Tim Burton edgy one, um, but it doesn't have the words quite as well as it does in the old, and they come straight from Lewis Carroll from the book. But I thought we'd have the cartoon. Alice is wanting to know where to go. The Cheshire Cat says to her, well, it depends. She wants to know the way. She says, well, it depends where you're going. Well, it doesn't matter where I go. Well, it doesn't matter which way you go then. We're looking tonight at vision, the vision of the church. What is it? And we're going to look at that over the next three weeks. What is the vision of the church? And in fact, I can't test you on it, those of you who have been here a while, because it's actually written on the board behind me. Um, All Hallows Bow is here to be an explosion of joy by making Jesus known in our local community to see lives transformed. That's the vision that we have as our church. That's the vision that we're going to be talking about over the next three weeks. Why do we need a vision? Well, imagine trying to aim at something, but nobody tells you where to throw. Imagine trying to take a photograph, but nobody tells you what to take a photograph of. Imagine like Alice, setting out on a journey, but not knowing where you were going. We need to know where we're going if we are going to travel. Chris and I occasionally, when we go out, have these weird conversations where we set off and we both think we're going different places first, normally when we haven't done that communication thing, you know, that's really important in marriage, and so we end up having an argument about which way to go. Have you ever gone out as a group of five or ten people? I used to do this at university. We'd go out for a day trip. We're would like we going for a day trip today because it's a bank holiday, and we'd all hoof off somewhere in Wales or wherever we were going, and when we got there... Everyone would have a different idea about what the plan was, about where we were going and what we were going to do while we were there. And so you'd spend so much time discussing, and if you're like me, trying to make sure everyone's happy and we're all going in the same direction, that actually you never actually do as much as you could do if you'd planned beforehand what you wanted to do. It's the same for us as a church. It's good to know where we're aiming. What is God calling us as a people to do here at this place At this particular time. And a few years ago, we prayerfully prayed about that and came up with our vision. And tonight, I've been given the making Jesus known bit. Dan will be speaking next week and Chris the week after, sort of taking it apart. And of course, in all that we do, we like to be an explosion of joy. We've already had quotes from people who say, oh, you're all hallows. You're the ones that do the good parties. I'm like, you know, that's what it's about. Not doing a good party, but showing that Christians who have Jesus like to celebrate life. The second part of our vision is talking about making Jesus known. And the reading we had is Jesus' last chat with his friends, his disciples. The last thing that somebody said is often the most important. When I go babysitting, well, I go out rather and then leave my kids with a babysitter... The last thing I say is the thing I really want to emphasize. Remember, bedtime at eight, or I love you, or don't shoot your sister, whatever it might be. Teachers' last words to children sitting in exam. You remember that last lesson, and particularly at uni or college, you'd know that whatever other lectures you missed, don't miss the lecture before the exam, because that's when they give you the hints, and that's when you need to know what to study. They tell you the important stuff. What would your last words be if you were leaving somebody? If you were going away? Some of you have. Some of you have left family in other countries and come here. What were your last words to them as you left? Often, I love you. I'll miss you. Chris's mum's last words to her are often, be good. That says something about Chris, I think. Jesus' last words in Matthew 28 are really important to us to remember. They're the ones that he said. He was leaving his followers to go back up, to be united with God and the Holy Spirit in heaven, to return to his Father. And he, these are the last words that he says. Once again on a mountain. In Matthew, he also does the Sermon on the Mount. He's on a mountain. There's other occasions he's on a mount, the Mount of Olives. It's a sign of the importance. It's also quite good because you're stood on a mountain. People are there, but it's slightly lower down the slope. It's a great way to be able to talk to people. Moses met God on a mountain. Elijah had experiences on a mountain. Mountains are really important in the Bible. And as he's standing there, he turns to them. And he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Well, that's what he told us, his disciples. He tells us. And that's his last command. And when I first came across this as a young Christian and realized this was what Jesus was telling me to do, I found it really daunting. What? Go and make disciples of all nations? Well, where do I start? Where do I go? Do I get my plane tickets and head off somewhere out to Mongolia or South America What do I do? It seems so overwhelming. Do I drop everything I'm doing now and make this my one thing? And then I looked at the Greek. Well, a number of years later, when I was at university, they made us look at the Greek. So I did. And the bit that says we translate, and is translated slightly differently in many different Bibles, but here it's therefore go and make, parathentes of... That's the Greek parathentes of actually is trying to convey something slightly different. It's much more like in your going. So if I said to one of my children, go and tidy your room, I would expect them to drop what they were doing and go and tidy their room. And they, as good children, would drop everything they were doing and go and tidy their room. But well, at least in my dreams they do. In reality, maybe that's not quite the case would be do that now but the Greek is much more in your going in your going as you do everything else do this as well so if I say to my children um, when you're going upstairs will you take this big pile of things you've dumped in the kitchen and next time they go upstairs they do it well again if they've remembered that also happens in my dreams not in reality but do you see the difference Rather than Jesus saying, go now, drop everything and do this, this second, he's saying, while you do everything else, everything else you do, make this something you do with it. Make disciples, point others to me. Introduce others to me as you're doing what you do anyway. Are you studying? As you study, make Jesus known to others. Are you a housewife? As you're cleaning your house, make Jesus known to others. Do you work in an office? As you're going on the tube in the morning, make Jesus known to others. Sorry, I just—you probably need a lot of grace commuting, particularly on the Central Line. And as a person, my nose is always by somebody's armpit. But anyway, that, that's aside. But whatever you're doing, even if you have your nose in somebody's armpit on the tube, make Jesus known in whatever way you can. And suddenly it changes, doesn't it? It's like, how do I do what I do? We're all called to be different people. We have different gifts and abilities. Some of us are great at standing up and talking to groups of people. Some are great at getting alongside people. Some have a gift of service and are great at, at serving and helping others. others are, uh, there's a myriad of gifts in this room. And Jesus is saying, whatever you do, make Jesus known. Make me known through it and with it. We're called to make Jesus known as individuals. And we're called to make Jesus known as a church. And we're not just doing it because Jesus is an idea. I mean, that's a good reason. But we're also doing it because we know Jesus is everything. Many of us here, in fact, most of us here have had an experience at some point in our lives where we know that Jesus has changed our lives. For some, that has been massive changes. Huge testimonies about turning back on drugs and alcohol and, and to a different life. Many of us don't have those big testimonies. We just have the testimonies of every day choosing to live Jesus' life and how worshipping him and being with him and him being part of our lives makes our lives better here as well as assuring us a different future. We're here because we know Jesus or because we want to know Jesus. Because he's amazing. He's done so much for us and we want to pass it on. And that's one of the reasons this is All Hallows' vision statement. It's the golden thread that runs through everything we do. There is nothing we do that isn't about making Jesus known. When we have a party outside, we're making Jesus known. His joy, his love of life, the fact that he just wants to hang out with people. It's not just being nice. We don't just do what we do because we think that people need help, or we think we want to be nice, or we think politically the system's not working and there are those who need support. We're here because we want Jesus to be known. In all we do. We're not a social club. We're not just an extension of social services. We're here because we love and worship Jesus. And we want others to know that as well. That's why it's through everything All Hallows does. But also we're called to do it individually. And I just like Anne to come and share a little bit about how she makes Jesus known to those around us.
1: Um, Hi. I expect for all of us we're in different contexts. But for me, my context is that most of my neighbours are Muslim. And so I have the privilege of seeing how I can you know, just share Jesus with my neighbours, which is amazing. Um, What we have in common is we all know there's a God that needs to be followed. But when I get down and chat with them... It happens sometimes. One of my neighbours, she wants to convince me to be a good Muslim. But, um, you know, she'll tell me things like, Anne, if you fell down, I'd pick you up. And I'm thinking, as a Christian, could be because she cares about me. No, no, no. No, it's because Allah will be pleased with her. And she, we are good friends. But she will tell me the things she does that she's going to get brownie points for. Because in her belief system, a good Muslim will live forever if their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds enough for Allah to say... I will have mercy on you and you can come into paradise. But I say, oh, that's interesting. So, so you want to be good so that Allah in the future will be pleased with you, yes. I said, oh, as a Christian, I, I want to please God because he's already pleased with me. He's already said, you know me through you my son. And so you are part of my kingdom. I 've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, and so I 'm already in his kingdom. and I said, "So because I already know God, I want to do things that he 's happy with." So it's, it's quite a different way of looking at things. Um, because when were some neighbors, for them, Jesus is just a prophet. But he is their healing prophet, the only prophet they have who heals. And so once I, I might my you this one before, there's a neighbor who had depression and I got the chance to pray for her and, and God took her depression away and she tells other Muslims that too. Um, but then 18 months later, when I was in her home, she asked me to pray for a son who was about to start an apprenticeship because she said, look what happened the last time you prayed, Anne. You know, she'd seen God's power and that was amazing. Um, now, some of this is out of long-term relationship, but... Sometimes you get a chance on a shorter thing to share a bit of Jesus. Uh, this summer, Ed Miles, who is here somewhere, Ed over there, he had some contact with somebody, who had another contact in Bangladesh. as a young lady coming over here who was a barrister and had to go to the bar in London to, to be confirmed as a barrister. She needed to stay with women, you know, or a married couple to feel safe. So um, Sarah Brayford had her for half the week, Uh, John and I had her for the other half. There was a young man in her party who who accompanied her where she went and picked her up and took her back. And anyway, um, when, towards the end of her stay, the end of the week, he said to John and me, he said, what is it that's different? There's something different. I've seen it in Sarah's house and I can see it here and I want to know what it is. So we didn't actually have long. I gave him a copy of Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. We were kind of tongue-tied and expressing the gospel in a few seconds. But I want you to know that if you know that Jesus has changed you, if you've made him your Lord and you've, he's the one you honor in your lives, you will know that he's done stuff in you and that you are changing. And it's a long process. I'm still changing. The more... I go on as Christian, the further I can see there is to go. But God loves me and has accepted me. And he's just amazing. And I want you to know that it shows. It shows when you know God. So don't be shy in sharing when God gives you the chance. Okay. Thank you.
0: So sharing Jesus in what we do, very often we think it means that we've got to have good detailed arguments and that may be something god's calling you to there are some people who are incredibly good at what they call apologetics making the arguments for the gospel but there are many of us that have other gifts and very often it's just simply making people aware that we are christians um, sometimes it's as simple as a number of years ago i was working in an office And somebody said to me, as you do, you know, that whole on Monday, do you have a good weekend, making conversation? I was like, oh, yeah, I did this on Saturday. I slept in most of the day. I was single without children, so I did a lot of that. I slept in. I went out in the evening. I also did a lot of that. Um, I said, and then on Sunday, I went to church. and, And then in the afternoon, I did such and such. And he was like, oh, did you go to church? I was like, oh, yeah, I go to church. That was it. That's all we said that time. But then weeks later, the conversation came up again, and we had another conversation that he initiated. So it's not about me forcing my opinions, it's about him asking and initiating and opening the door, and I respond. Sometimes it is just about flagging up to people that you're a Christian, very simply. And then praying for the Holy Spirit to give opportunities, like with Anne, the opportunity to pray for somebody with depression, and then seeing that healed. And then 18 months, that's a long time, 18 months later, having the opportunity to pray for her son, In her house, so this is a Muslim house, with her husband there as well. And Anne was able to pray Jesus' blessing and to pray Jesus there. Such an opportunity. We're asked to do it in whatever we do, to share Jesus. And we do this as a church as well, everything. Everything we do is about sharing Jesus. The services, the parties, Christmas and Easter, Alpha, showing Jesus to people. That's very overt. Small groups learning to go deeper living alongside our community Fern Street what we do in Fern Street is about sharing Jesus' love with people helping them break the bonds of silence by giving them a lang- helping them have language by serving them supporting those in need at least twice if a year if not more often we fly the whole community at Christmas and Easter sharing something of Jesus with them inviting them to get to know him more Lincoln Lads and Jem, uh, uh, Jem, Young People's Work, the Eden Team, Time for Tea, and I could go on. Everything we do is about making Jesus known, pointing Jesus, pointing people to Jesus. The Jesus who knows them already, loves them already. It's just making them aware of it. So what now? Well, there's two things I want to invite you to think about. First of all, individually, who could you share Jesus with this week? And I don't mean who could you go and give a Bible to and attract to and tell them about the one true God necessarily, but who could you point to Jesus? Whether it is simply a matter of somebody who you see every day um, and encounter every day at work who doesn't yet know that you go to church. Maybe it's a conversation conversation with somebody who does know you go to church, that you just want to draw out a little bit more. Maybe it's serving somebody, having a rough day, taking them a coffee, taking a meal round to a family that's struggling. Who could you share Jesus with this week? And then corporately, us as a group. There's three ways Three ways I'd like to invite you to think about joining our church and supporting the work we do in making Jesus known. First of all, you can pray. Many of you are already on our prayer list. You get emails to, um, with prayer um, things to pray for, connecting you in. Brilliant! Lots of you pray for us already. If you don't, there's some cards here. You can sign up. We can send you an email with prayer things. Um, October, we had a particular prayer focus where there was things going out regularly. There's often things on Facebook. Pray for us. Pray for the work we do. Pray for the team here. You know, your prayer makes so much difference to everything we're doing. Give. We, financially, it takes money to run a church. And many of you are already giving and supporting us financially, which is fantastic. And I say us. It's not us as in me and Chris. You know, we don't get any of the money you give. It's all about going here to running the church and to the mission and outreach that we do. But if you're not, maybe that's something you'd like to think about. If All Hallows is your home, then one way of saying, this is my home, I'm behind you, is by thinking about whether you can give financially. Again, there's a card here. If you're interested in knowing more about giving and how to give, we can tell you more information. And finally serve. I mean here on this board are examples of the things that come out of our mission. Please at the end of the service have a quick look. If there's anything you can think of that we do that's not on there, add it. There's chalk in the the bowl. Add it on. Those are all the things we do. All of them need people to help with. Some of you again are already really involved in supporting us by serving. If not you might want to get involved. There's, um, again, on these cards, there's an opportunity to say you might be interested in working with Fern Street, which is our community work, Eden, which is our youth work, our children's work, um, Worship and Sound on a Sunday evening. (coughs) Oh, sorry. And uh, um, if you want to get involved, then come and join us so that we can fulfill the vision. This is where God is asking us to aim and to focus and the direction we as a church are going on. It's exciting. The stories we've had over the last seven years already of encountering people, of people coming to know Jesus are so exciting, so exciting. And they're big stories and they're tiny little stories. But do you know, in God's eyes, they're all the same because they're all about individual people meeting Jesus. And that's what it's about. So, I'm going to pray, and I'd love you in that moment just to think personally whether there's somebody this week you could share Jesus with. Practically, or verbally, or by praying for, how could you share Jesus? And also, just think about how you can get more on board in our vision. Let's pray.